Hello everyone, I'm Pastor Rick Hawkins of Quest Church in Norman, Oklahoma. I want to thank you all for joining us today. This podcast is going to be informative, insightful, and inspirational for your life. Listen every week because we'll have a special word just for you. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10, finally my brothers be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. How much? All of it, the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. How many of you know we have a church that does calisthenics? So let's stand back up for the remainder of this word. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, I just believe in standing for rev- in reverence to the word of the Lord. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ, the apostolic governing church. Today, we're going to preach a message entitled Understanding the Assignment. I want you to say that to about four people around you, understanding. They didn't hear you. Tell the other person, understanding the assignment. Now, I'm going to ask you one more time to lift your hands and let's pray. Father, I ask you to enlighten the eyes of our understanding today. I ask you to bless these people today. And as we preach today, generational curses will be broken. As we preach the word, generational curses will be broken. Generational spirits will be dismissed. People will be delivered, they will be refreshed, they will be restored, they will be renewed because of the anointing that is in this place. Now we purpose in our heart that everything that is sung, everything that is said, everything that is seen will bring glory to the name of Jesus. And you said if you be lifted up, all men will be drawn to you. So we lift you up today, be lifted up in this building in Jesus' name. All right, one, this is your last time to give him a big praise. Come on, y'all. Come on, bless him. High five your neighbor and tell him it's on in the building. Warfare. You may be seated. Warfare. Warfare. I'm going to give you a review of some things. The apostolic governing church is one that acts as a leader or a general in warfare. The apostolic governing church is one that acts as a leader or a general in warfare. All churches are called to spiritual warfare. All churches are called to spiritual warfare. But there's an anointing on specific churches to attack regions in the spirit realm. An anointing on specific churches to attack regions in the spirit realm. And open the way for others to follow. The apostolic governing church is one that embraces 
the responsibility of being sent into a region with a mandate from God. And I'll say each one of these twice because I want it to resonate with you and I want you to become resolved about the conviction of these statements. The apostolic church is one that embraces the responsibility of being sent into a region or territory with a mandate from God. The apostolic governing church understands that God uses divine strategy to assemble people from various backgrounds, experiences, and cultures to build his kingdom. I'll say it again. The apostolic governing church understands that God uses divine strategy to assemble people from various backgrounds, experiences, and cultures to build his kingdom. No one is here by accident. No one is here uh, just because you meandered your way in here. God had a plan and an appointment for you to be here today. The step beyond that is to recognize and receive the revelation that God is assembling an army. He's building a team. A team that respects a team that recognizes one another's abilities and giftings and callings and moves as a unit in the spirit to demolish strongholds in regions. He does this in order to form and fabricate a congregation that will shift an entire region into an awareness of the kingdom of God. This church, the apostolic church, knows their mandate. They know their mission, and it is to impact a specific territory with the gospel of Jesus Christ, to infiltrate a region with the gospel of Jesus Christ. The apostolic governing church equips people to achieve their God-given destiny and to accomplish their God-given purpose in life. Are you starting to get that understanding? Jesus said that the kingdom of God suffereth violence and the violent take it by force. The one characteristic of an apostolic governing church that stands out above all other characteristics is that it has a warfare attitude. We are here to attack principalities, powers, rulers, spiritual wickedness in high places. Can you shout amen? I want to give yet and rehearse again by way of review this idea of apostolic aptitude. Aptitude, not attitude. Aptitude is a person's capacity to learn, a person's capacity to learn. The enemy of aptitude is spiritual strongholds in people's lives. I'll explain it to you. Unlearning is far more difficult than learning. 
Unlearning is far more difficult than learning. Learn behaviors and mindsets that are contrary to the will of God are the equivalent to strongholds. Say that again, Pastor Rick. Learn behaviors and mindsets that are opposed to the will of God are equivalent to strongholds. A stronghold is a fortified place. It is a guarded castle. Strongholds are fortified regions, fortified territories. Strongholds can be geographical and they can be generational. Some of you feel like you are under attack. It is like every day you fight the same battle. You resist the same tendencies and propensities and bends inside of you. The fact is, every day you are under attack. For those of you who say, why pray against Satan? Satan is already defeated. I'll recite once again, yes, the war is over, but the battle rages every day in our lives. And that's why Paul is so demonstrative. This is why Paul is so adamant when he writes against these principalities, powers, and rulers in heavenly places. That's why he's so adamant about telling you, you do not war against flesh and blood. You are in a spiritual battle for your destiny. My prayer is that God takes the blinders off your eyes to let you see you're not fighting people, you are fighting principalities. Different regions have different territorial spirits attached to it. We dumb that down to saying it's just the culture of a region. And we dismiss the possibility of a demonic influence over a territory that has now persuaded people to act the way they act. That's why some regions have a ton of meth houses. That's why some regions are steeped in witchcraft because somebody didn't go in there and break those curses and dismiss those spirits. We'll leave, we'll leave that for later. But I can prove it to you in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 32 when Paul refers to fighting the beast of Ephesus. He said, when I came into this territory called Ephesus, there was a spirit there and me and that spirit went to war. What if you decided to go to war against a generational spirit that was on your grandfather, it was on your father, and you fight against it every day, and you decide that you're going to stand up upright with your robes dipped in the blood of an unblemished lamb, and you look at that spirit, and you say, you're not going to get on me, you're not going to get on my children, and you're not going to get on my grandchildren. Somebody ought to shout, it stops right here. Why do you think Daniel chapter 10 verse 13 says the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me for 21 days? That's what Daniel said. 
There was a principality that was resisting me for 21 days until old Michael showed up. And when Michael showed up, the prince angel, he came to help me, and I remained. Can I tell you that spiritual angelic hosts recognize your struggle. I think sometimes we dismiss the notion that God has assigned angels to us that'll come and stand with us while we're fighting against demonic influence, while we're fighting against very demons themselves. Boy, if you will ever get this revelation, you'll recognize when evil activity is taking place that it's just not a bad behavior from your child, but it is an influence of a demon somewhere in the area. We're going to get more into it. Lord, help me today. But our text talks about imaginations and strongholds, and both times it says tear them down. I dare you to shout as loud as you can, tear them down. Tear down strongholds, cast down imaginations. Imaginations in the Greek, there's reasoning. It has to do with your logic. It has to do with your thought patterns, the way you reason, the way you think, the logic you use. It is the reason you think like you think. It is the way people think based on their tradition, based on their experience, and based on their past teaching. This is called learn behavior. The purpose of the enemy establishing a spiritual stronghold in your life is to teach you a pattern of learned behavior so that your temper goes off at the same point every time. Your anger rises up at the same point every time. You give in to temptation when that shows up every time. That's not just your evil Adamic nature. That is a stronghold in your life that is a learned behavior. It was taught to you, and now it is fortified in you. It's galvanized in you, and we have come in here to dismiss that. Let me tell you what a demonic stronghold is. Always is influenced by a demonic influence. Strongholds do two things. They keep people from the knowledge and the revelation of truth. A stronghold, a learned evil behavior that is influenced by demons will keep you from the knowledge and revelation of truth. Why? Because truth makes you free. Number two, strongholds prevent people from walking in obedience, therefore limiting that person's freedom. The result of a stronghold being established in your life over a long period of time is two things. Number one, ignorance. Number two, rebellion. Result of a, strong, a spiritual stronghold being fortified in your life over a long period of time always results in two things. Number one is ignorance. Number two is rebellion. The root word of ignorance is not stupid. 
The root word of ignorance is to ignore. The problem with the church today, the problem with families today, is we ignore what is spiritual and we practice what is analytical. And we call that education, but we lack revelation. You can be educated and informed about a thing, but until you've been enlightened by revelation, you don't know how to address the thing. So you're always dealing with symptoms, and you're never dealing with the root. Are y'all in the building? So ignorance or ignoring it will always end up in a spirit of rebellion. Because now you're established in the identity of what you called not knowing. Because you refuse to learn. And you dismiss the revelation and you remain in ignorance until you become rebellious to truth. Let me show you the feeling of rebellion. The psalmist tells us that the rebellious dwell in a dry land. If you accept ignorance, you live in rebellion, you will always be dry. You can be in church and the person next to you be, well, they'll be being soaked in the spirit of God. They got the Holy Ghost all over them and you're thinking, I don't feel one single thing. It's not that they're faking it. It's that you don't have it. Because you've ignored it so long that now you abstain from it. You're obstinate to it. Now you call them ridiculous. They're fanatics. They don't take all of that. They're too emotional. And the whole time you're getting drier and drier until now you formed an attitude, I don't even like it. Are y'all all right? Strongholds are also known as mindsets. Mindsets. A mindset is a fixed and rigid thought process that is resistant to change. I'm good. I don't need to feel the Holy Ghost. I don't need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. I don't need fire. Everything you just said is diametrically opposed to the dialogue of God. Everything you just said is diametrically opposed to the Bible itself. There's one that is coming after me, John the Baptist said, that shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. So who are you to say, I don't need that fire, when John the Baptist said Jesus came to baptize you with See, it's getting quiet now because we are so settled and rigid in our thought processes of what God should be, how he should act, and how we should feel that we become resistant to any thought of changing. If that is where you're locked and loaded today, this service is not for you. But if you came in here with an open mind to say, hey, I need change in my life. Lord, if I'm missing something... I'm open to it. If that's you, I can promise you God is fixing to download you with a purpose, a strategy, and a plan that is power-packed, full of fire, full of faith, and a great future. And nothing can stop what God's going to do in your life. 
I dare you to shout, I'm open to it. I'm open to it. Behind every stronghold is a strong man. A strong man is the influence, the one who controls or leads by influence. That's the principality. That's the power. That's the ruler. That's the demon. Mark 3 and Luke 11 both say if you want what a strong man has, you have to bind him. Jesus said whatever you bind on earth is bound. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and say it. We don't bind enough devils in church today. Ain't nobody preaching against binding the devil. Boy, I remember when my mama used to lay hands on me. I didn't even think I had no devil. She said, I bind you, devil, in Jesus' name. And I don't think I had no devil. I think she was just letting him know, don't think about it. She wasn't calling me devil. She was just notifying the devil, I bind you before you grab him. What if you laid your hands on your kids every day and said, I bind you, devil, in the name of Jesus, and I loose the Holy Ghost on my child. I bind every principality. I bind every power. I bind every ruler, and I loose the Holy Spirit. I loose God's purpose. I loose God's will in his life. Whatever you bind down here is loosed up there. We waiting for God to loose it before we bind it. It don't start up there. It starts down here. If you bind it down here, he binds it up there. If you'll loose it down here, he'll loose it up there. I'm going to preach like you like it today. I'm going to preach if you don't like it today. It's time for the church to start using our keys. I dare you to shout, devil, I bind you in Jesus. Everybody, devil, I bind you. See, here's the problem. The binding has been in reverse. We got bound up fathers who have bound up children, bound up husbands, who have bound up wives, bound up pastors, who have bound up churches. Just keep it happy and lucky. You're feeling lucky and you're so blessed and oh, you're okay. Just placating the people instead of getting after a dirty devil and telling him no. In the name of Jesus, we're not living in a curse of poverty. We're not living in a curse of disease. Somebody clap their hands and give God praise. You bind the demon who is controlling a person through evil influence, you'll bind a generational curse. You get that believer binding other devils and breaking other curses, then you got a congregation that is totally free and set at liberty. That's the enemy's greatest nightmare. But you're not going to address this deep stuff by pe patting people on the back and tell them you're, you know, everything's great. It ain't great. Look at your news. It ain't great. 
Ain't nothing great right now. We're fighting like hell. Or fighting hell, I should say. Yeah. That was all review. That was all review. Come on in this bill. I see you back there. I hear you too. I love that. When they start shouting from the back, you know you're doing something. Matter of fact, I was praying this morning. I said, Lord, take some of the back row people and set them on the front. Now I heard the Holy Ghost telling me, leave them on the back. I hear you. Well, stay on back there and do your work. Let's talk about the apostolic appointment. Let's talk about the apostolic appointment just for a moment. Hebrews 3, 1. Wherefore, holy brothers, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession. Consider Jesus, who was faithful to him that what? Appointed him, as also Moses was faithful in all his house. Now Hebrews 3 calls Jesus the apostle. Now I want you to hear that. Not a apostle. He's the apostle. Hebrews 3, 1 and 2 also tells us that the apostle was appointed. Say these words with me. Apostolic appointment. Apostle, one who is sent to take the lead. Apostle, one who is sent to take the lead or to pioneer a thing. To pioneer a thing. Some of you, when you get this revelation, you're going to know that you were sent to be apostolic in your family. We're going to get into it a little bit. If you have been sent, then you have been dispatched from another place. It reads like this. I have been sent to stand and accomplish that which I have been sent to do. Hmm. I'm here on official business. Tell your neighbor, I am here on official business. They didn't get the, they didn't get it, they didn't really get it. Tell the same person one more time. I, Stephanie, I got you. I am here on official business. John 7, 28, Jesus still teaching in the temple courts, cried out, you know me. You know where I'm from. I am not here on my own. Here you go, apostolic terminology. But he who 
Jesus the apostle is saying here, he who sent me. I told Giovanna I got a white t-shirt out today. And I told Giovanna I just want you to write right across here one word, sent. Oh, I, I had this jacket on. I was just going to open it up at this point and show you. Something happened. I've been preaching the full gospel. And there's more there than I wanted you to see. So I told her, I just tell him. He said, You know me. And you know where I am from. And she was telling me the whole time, wear it, baby, wear it. I'll start wearing it when you stop cooking them tortillas. I am not here on my own, but he who said again. You do not know him. But I know him because, listen to what he says, because I am from him and he sent me. I dare you to shout, I'm not here on my own. Come on in here. I am not here on my own. He sent me. Jesus is saying, in your mind, I was born. In my mind, I was sent. Matthew 1, he says, he sent me. Mark says it one time, he sent me. Luke says it three times, Jesus saying, God sent me. But the apostle John says 34 times that Jesus spoke these words, my father sent me. 34 times, my father sent me me. My father sent. I was not born. I was sent. I was birthed. I was sent. Are y'all with me? When you do not have the revelation that you were sent, the result will likely be you living a selfish life. Until you figure out you were sent, you will spend your whole life satisfying your selfish desires. Because now it's all about me. Is that what Toby said? I want to sing about me. Me, 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 me. That's what he said. I know y'all love him, but he's from more, but he still wrote the song. It's all about me. Toby need to get a revelation. It's not all about you. When you get to revelation, don't y'all be mad at me now because I stepped on your boy. He'd be all right. He's a big old cowboy. He can handle it. Get this revelation. When you figure out you were sent here, you'll stop being so selfish because God never sends a person 
to take care of themselves. The mission ain't never been about you. That's why I have a problem with preachers today. Because every message you hear, I better not be so adamant about that. Most messages you hear today is about being a better you. You're going to be the best version of yourself, and you should have this, and they should think about you like that. We live in the most selfish generation, self-centered. No, when you get a revelation you were sent here, you will not be so selfish about your existence. It's amazing what you can tolerate from a place and people when you know you were sent and you didn't just go. Say that again. It's amazing what you can tolerate from a place and a people when you know you were sent there and you didn't just go there. When you know you're sent, you should expect opposition. Eliab is never going to challenge David until his father, Jesse, sends him. But when Jesse sent him to the battle line, then Eliab opposed the sending. It didn't have to be David. It could have been another brother. The fact that you have a father's endorsement, that you have a father's authority, and you were sent there. Opposition is going to show up to take you out, to challenge you. Some of you are wondering why you're fighting like you're fighting. It's not your past that's giving you trouble. You live your life like I'm fighting this because of what I did in my past. And Man, I, I believe the Bible says that God forgives sins and he casts them in the sea of forgiveness. You, you got to get a revelation. It's not your past fighting you. It's your future that's fighting you. The enemy does not want you to get to the place that God sent you to occupy. And he's fighting you from this way, not that way. Are y'all in the building here? You're fighting the hell you're fighting because you're sent. You're an emissary. You're an ambassador. We are an envoy. Why would this church or any church think the enemy's not going to fight us? Of course he's going to fight us because we are here to fight him. We are here to tell him your influences, your strongholds, your principalities, your rulers, your powers, your spiritual wickedness in this region is coming down in the name of Jesus. As a matter of fact, there's going to be an open heaven over Norman, Oklahoma, and over Moore, Oklahoma, and there's going to be a, a revival that hits this region that will spread across this state. you got to get with that. You can't be a spectator about that. You've got to be a participant in that. I dare you to shout, I am not here just to exist. Come on. Those spirits in dark places did not hear you. Shout it as loud as you can. I am not here.
understand that mandate from God that you are sent with an apostolic anointing, you will start settling for all kind of spiritual foolishness. You'll just start saying things like, that's just the way it is. That's just how it is. No, it's not how it is. It's how you allowed it to be. God raised up an army at Quest Church, a militant people. In spiritual warfare, let me finish. Whew. The apostolic anointing, the apostolic appointment, and I'll finish on this, the apostolic assignment. Are y'all ready to go now? You want to go home? And listen, listen here, listen here, listen to me. How dare you to scream, I'm armed and dangerous. Now, who are you talking to? You are talking to principalities, power. You are armed with what? The name of Jesus that is above every name. He said, I will give you power to tread upon scorpions. Nothing by any means shall harm you. What has happened to our authority? What has happened to our identity? We're not here to exist. We are here to make a difference in our life. Oh, Lord. Wherefore, holy brothers, Partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle, Jesus Christ, who was faithful to him who appointed him, like Moses was faithful. Jesus, the apostle, the apostle, one who is sent. In this passage of scripture is compared to Moses. started in the book of Genesis, and I'm going to show you in just a minute. The apostolic apostle, apostel, archagos, one Hebrew word, sheliak, means one who is sent with the authority of another. That didn't start in the Gospels. That started way back in Genesis. But Hebrews compares Jesus to Moses. Why? Because Moses is our man of deliverance. Moses is the man of deliverance. His name means to draw out. Everything about Moses says you coming out. My man Moses said, y'all coming. You've been under affliction long enough. You've been under that taskmaster long enough. You coming 
God shows up talking to him from a burning bush. He turns around to see that it's God, and God says to him, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Moses hid his face. He's afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have seen the affliction of my people. It ain't about you, Mo. I'm finna do something with you. Not about to make you famous. My people, I have seen the affliction of my people which are in bondage. And I hear their cry and I know their sorrow. And I have come down to deliver them. What's this nation going to do when God says, I am coming down to deliver you. I have never seen the devil so outlandish in my whole life. He's proud. Talk back to me. He revels in showing his identity on kids' shows and everything you can. This crazy, stupid, smart device. I mean, he ain't even hiding it no more. We went to Vegas, Giovanna and I, and there's just devil stuff. Gino, just devil stuff everywhere. Like, I ain't even trying to be sneaky. I am the devil, and I'm here to kill you and your children. <laughs> the cry of my children has come up to me. This is God speaking to Moses. Verse 10, Exodus 3. Can I keep preaching? He said, come here. He tells Moses, come, come, come here to me. I will send you. He didn't say, go to Pharaoh. Did y'all hear what I said? You got that, baby? He didn't say, Moses, go to Pharaoh. He said, I will send you to Pharaoh. I'm not here on my own. Verse 12. And he says, certainly I will be with you, Moses, and this shall be a token unto you that I have sent you when you bring the people out of Egypt. If you bring them out, you are an apostle, Moses. Why are you an apostle? Because I sent you. And if I send you, you are going to bring those people out. Moses said, behold, when I come to the children of Israel, though. See, it's not just the devil. You got to deal with church people. When I tell the people of Israel, your people. When I say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. They're going to ask me, what's his name? And then what you want me to say, God? And God said to Moses, I am that I am. God said to Moses, I am that I am. And he said, thus shall you say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Not he was. Not he will be. I am 
right now, God. Are y'all hearing me right now? God is God, not then, not in the future. God is God right now, and God is telling you, I am, and I am is sending you into your family, into your neighborhood, into your city, into your state to break curses and tear down strongholds. Shout it again, I'm not here on my own. Moses was sent to pull the people into deliverance. He had an egress anointing. You want to go back further before we quit? Can we take one more step? Are y'all learning anything here? If you don't get this revelation, you're going to live the rest of your life feeling insignificant. Wake up every day, go to work, and you're doing it for a paycheck. What if you got a revelation you were sent here? What if what if what if you got an understanding God knew you before you was formed in your mother's womb? That's what he told Jeremiah. I knew you before you was formed in your mother's womb. And I ordained you before you were formed in your mother's womb to be a prophet, to pull down and to build up. Your purpose was here before you arrived. Help me in the building. Your why existed before your win. You didn't step into the earth. You stepped into your purpose. And you've either been fighting or yielding to it your entire life. The most frustrated, unproductive people in the world are people that do not know why they are here. Any apostle in scripture knows that if he is sent by God into a region, into a geographical territory, or into a generation or a genealogy or a lineage, knows he is sent there to go to work, not to sit down. Everybody shout, it's time to go to work. If you go to work with an apostolic anointing, the first thing you do when your feet hit the ground in the morning is you say the steadfast love of the, of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. So now I'm forgiven. The next thing I'm going to do is bind every demon off my address, off my wife, off my son, off my grandchildren, off my great-grandchildren. I'm going to bind every devil. I'm going to tear down every stronghold. I'm going to cast down every imagination and anything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. I'm coming after it in the name of That's why you're here. In my opinion, the first man in Scripture, and I'll stop. I won't get all. They're about three-fourths of the way done. First man that ever really got this revelation of being sent 
He's in the book of Genesis, and his name is Joseph. Can I read to you something? Watch this. Joseph stands before his brothers, and he's weeping, and he, Egypt could hear him weeping. Egypt, the place he didn't belong, could hear him weeping. The whole house of Pharaoh heard him. And Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my daddy alive? Listen to the honor. Listen to the honor of this boy. Y'all my brothers, but I need to know if my daddy's here. Is my daddy still alive? That's a good Father's Day message. Joseph said to his brothers, come near to me. I, I want to talk to you. And they came near. And he said, I'm, I'm Joseph, your brother. That You sold me in Egypt. But don't be grieved. and Don't be angry with yourself that you sold me. For God did send me. God did send me before you to preserve life. For these two years, the famine been in the land. There's going to be five more years just like it, in the which there shall neither be earring or, har or, or harvest. Verse 7, watch what he says. And God sent me before you. Here's the question. Are you willing to go before anybody else? Are you willing to be the first in your family? Talk back to me. Are you willing to be the first in your family that says, I don't have to live in poverty? Are you willing to be the first in your family that says, I don't have to suffer from those diseases? Are you willing to be the first in your family that says, I'm not going to have the same addictions as my grandfather had? Y'all ain't hearing me. Let me ask you one more time. Are you willing to go? Send me before you to preserve a posterity in the earth and to save your lives by great deliverance. Man, that's a big old book. He sent me before you to save your grandchildren. If one person in one family will say the curse is broken with me, your nephews and nieces, your cousins, So now it was not you. Listen to what Joseph said. It wasn't you that sent me here. It was God that sent me here. And he has made me a father. He's made me a Lord. And he's made me a ruler. Oh, that's some confidence. He sent me ahead. I've been through what I've been through, not just for me, but for those that are following me and those that are following you. Did y'all hear what I just said? You've been through what you've been through, not just to save you, but to save those. I've got grandchildren here this morning. Do you hear me telling you? 
I got grandbabies here this morning. They don't need me sitting on yesterday's laurels and talking about what God used to do. They need to see right here, right now, that God is still bringing deliverance, still bringing healing, still bringing restoration, and still bringing refreshing and renewal and revival. Sent ones stop destruction and they preserve spiritual heritage from one generation to the next. He said, my mission is to save a remnant. You, saints of God, were sent to pioneer, to preserve, and to protect. You were sent to pioneer, to preserve, and to protect. You know why we don't want to hear this revelation? Because of the responsibility up behind it. We want to buck, shout, dance, and run. But when it comes down to the application of responsibility of walking in an apostolic governing anointing, then you take some serious discipline and discipleship. You get up every day and bind every demon off of everything that even it remotely connected to you. If this church gets this revelation, we will see whole families coming out of bondage, whole families being born again. If you're ready to see God move like we preach today, jump up, give God the biggest shout you can give him. Let God know you're ready.